faster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything that you need to know. The top five at five. A federal judge has struck down the Fed's mass mandate for public transportation. It's not yet known if the White House will appeal. Russia's begun its second phase of its war on Ukraine with major bombardments. A plane carrying nuclear bombs was captured on video. More than two dozen asylum seekers trying to gain entry to the U.S. at the U.S.-Mexico border were actually on the terror watch list. Goldman Sachs sees the possibility of a recession at 35 percent over the next two years. The salt tax stays for now. The U.S. Supreme Court has refused to hear a challenge to the cap limiting state and local deductions on federal returns. Here's your top five at five. A Florida federal judge has struck down the Biden administration's mask mandate for public transportation. U.S. District Judge Catherine Kimball Mazel said the mandate was unlawful. Judge Mazel said the mandate exceeded the statutory authority of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and violated administrative law. Here's a reaction from White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. The CDC recommended continuing the order for additional time, two weeks, uh, to be able to assess the latest science in keeping with its responsibility to protect the American people. So this is obviously a disappointing decision. The CDC continues recommending wearing a mask in public transit. It is unclear if the U.S. Justice Department will appeal this ruling. It is not known how quickly the ruling will be implemented on mass transit, including airplanes, or if agencies will take a wait-and-see approach pending a possible appeal. The CDC last week extended the mass mandate through May 3rd due to cases of COVID resulting from travel. Four aircraft, one used to carry nuclear bombs, were captured on video flying between Moscow and the Ukrainian border, the Kaluga region. A Tu-160 strategic bomber was seen in the skies over western Russia amid huge pressure on the Kremlin over the sinking of the Moskva flagship in the Black Sea by Ukrainian forces. Ukrainian President Zelensky has confirmed a major new second offensive in Russia's war in Ukraine is underway for control of the eastern Donbass region of Ukraine. Explosions are taking place along the entire front of the Donbass region. Moscow under intense pressure following Ukraine's sinking of its naval ship, the Moscow, which sank in the Black Sea following strikes from missiles fired by Ukraine, the war now in its 55th day. 23 people attempted to cross the U.S.-Mexico border. They were actually on the terror watch list last year. That according to U.S. Customs and Border Patrol agents, which apprehended the individuals. The information was provided to Fox News under a Freedom of Information request. The apprehensions took place between January 20th and December 27th of last year. Former acting ICE director Tom Holman spoke to Fox News. 23 people have been arrested off the FBI screening database. He knows that. And he's the Secretary of Homeland Security. At what point does this man have enough integrity to tell the White House, I cannot 
keep this border open no matter what because we've created a national security issue of the highest proportion. Agents use the terrorist screening database. That's the TSDB. It contains information about the identities of those who are known or reasonably suspected of being involved in things like terrorist activities. Republican lawmakers have repeatedly called for the number of those encountered at the border to be made public by the Biden administration. Well, it's a balancing act as fears of a possible recession loom. Goldman Sachs says it's seeing the possibility of a recession at 35 percent over the next two years. History suggests that the Federal Reserve will face a difficult task in tightening monetary policy enough to cool inflation without causing U.S. recession. Citigroup chief economist Nathan Sheets spoke to Bloomberg a few weeks ago. I think that we're seeing that the headwinds on the consumer sector are are mounting. And uh, part of that is the inflation story and rising energy prices. Uh, I think part of it may actually be a, a fiscal drag. And achieving a so-called soft landing may be tough, according to economists. Historically, large declines in the gap in the U.S. have only occurred during recessions. The Fed's main challenge is to reduce the gap between jobs and workers and to slow wage growth at, to a pace consistent with its 2% inflation goal by tightening financial conditions enough to reduce job openings without sharply raising unemployment, according to Chief Economist Jan Hatzius, who wrote that in a research report on Sunday. Well, the U.S. Supreme Court Monday declined to hear a case involving a challenge to the SALT deduction. It's that $10,000 cap on the amount filers can deduct of state and local taxes from their federal income taxes. The reject effectively halts a legal challenge brought by a number of high-tax Democratic-led states. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders spoke about the tax back in November. It's bad politics. It's bad policy. Uh, the Democrats correctly have campaigned on the understanding that it- Amidst massive income and wealth inequality, we've got to demand that the wealthy start paying their fair share of taxes, not give them more tax breaks. Bottom line here is we have to help the middle class, not the 1%. The Republican-led tax cuts effectively increase the tax burden on high earners in states like New York and California. Four states, New York, Connecticut, Maryland, and New Jersey, brought a legal challenge back in 2018, claiming the tax deduction cap amounted to congressional overreach and an infringement of states' rights. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Showers should taper early afternoon, clearing skies turning partly sunny, the high 56, but a windy day winds to 24 miles per hour, the overnight low 40. And a sunny day tomorrow, the high 56. Right now, 46 degrees, rain showers. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Well, President Biden and his accountant are facing new IRS whistleblower complaints alleging that Biden owes at least 127000 bucks in back taxes. The complaints were filed by Chris Jacobs. He's a former Republican aide on Capitol Hill and time to coincide with Monday's federal tax filing deadline. Jacob says Biden and his wife, Jill, avoided paying Medicare taxes on book income and speaking fees in 2017 and 2018 by routing $13.3 million through S corporations and counting a small amount as eligible for the federal health care tax. Here is then presidential hopeful Joe Biden questioning then President Donald Trump on his tax returns during the 2020 debates. I have released all of my tax returns, 22 years. Go look at them. 22 years of my tax return. You have not released a single solitary year of your tax return. What are you hiding? 
Republicans are vowing to investigate Biden's tax situation next year if they retake Congress. The S corporation strategy commonly used by wealthy people to dodge the 3.8% Medicare levy on large amounts of income. Experts say the IRS lacks the resources, though, to aggressively pursue cases of underpayment. Democratic Representative Cory Bush of Missouri, a Black Lives Matter supporter, spent more than $300,000 in security as she continues to call to defund the police. FEC filings, of course, the Federal Election Commission show Bush has paid $304,152 for security this election cycle. Here's Cory Bush back in 2021. I have private security because my body is worth being on this planet right now. I have private security because they, the white supremacists, racist narrative that they drive into this country. As Bush's campaign issued the most recent payment, she refused to rein in her calls to defund law enforcement, which Democrats fear will hurt the party in the 2022 elections. Back in 2020, Bush, who was a member of the squad in the Democratic Party, along with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and others, became Missouri's first black congresswoman. She's a nurse and minister. She rose to prominence during the street protests in Ferguson after police shot and killed Michael Brown in 2014. Bush lived just six minutes from where the 18-year-old was killed. Members of Syrian Brigadier General Suheil al-Hassan's division are among hundreds of Russian-trained Syrian fighters who have reportedly signed up to fight alongside Russian troops in Ukraine. The Syrian soldiers include former rebels and experienced fighters who fought for years against the Islamic State group in Syria's desert. Here's National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan talking about the general. No appointment of any general can erase the fact that Russia has already faced a strategic failure in Ukraine. They thought that they were going to be able to conquer the capital city and take other major cities with little resistance, that they'd in fact be welcomed with open arms. And what we have learned in the first several weeks of this war is that Ukraine will never be subjugated to Russia. The Russians have been actively recruiting in Syria for the Ukraine war. The Britain-based Syrian Observatory for Human Rights and Opposition War Monitor reported that so far about 40,000 people have registered, 22,000 with the Russian military and about 18,000 with the Russian private contractor Wagner Group. It's reported around 700 members of the 25th Special Missions Forces Division, known as in Syria as the Tiger Force, left Syria over the past few weeks to fight alongside Russian forces in Ukraine. Meanwhile, strikes in the southern Ukraine city of Mykolivu increased overnight. Sustained assault and bombardments hit the city's critical infrastructure. Water tankers are being brought in. UK government minister Brandon Lewis has given more reaction about the two British men reportedly captured by Russian forces as well. Sean Pinner, 48 years old, and 28-year-old Aidan Aslin, meanwhile, have appeared on Russian state TV asking to be exchanged with a pro-Russian politician held in Ukraine. So far, they remain held despite those efforts. Well, threats against Israel if it makes the tiniest move against Iran. Iranian President Ibrahim Rasi Monday warned that Israel will be targeted by his country's armed forces if it makes any moves against Iran. Racy addressed Israel directly during a speech at an annual parade of Iran's armed forces, His comments come as the Iranian nuclear deal collapsed four years ago. And in the meantime, Iran has vastly expanded its nuclear network. Steve Forbes spoke about the nuclear deal last month. 
such an accord would be a disaster. Contrary to White House fantasies, Iran is not going to give up its ambition to develop nuclear weapons and the missiles to deliver them anywhere, particularly to Israel and the hated great Satan, the United States. U.S. intelligence agencies and the IAEA believe Iran had an organized military nuclear program until uh, 2003. Iran insists, though, that its nuclear program has aimed at generating power for medical purposes. Elections in France are just a week away. The election, of course, pitting far-right challenger Marine Le Pen against French President Emmanuel Macron. Macron came out on top in the first round of voting. That was on April 10th, which eliminated all the left-wing candidates. He took 27.8% of the vote in the first round, followed by Le Pen with 23.1%. And people, of course, are actually placing bets on this. Now, according to bookmakers, the 44-year-old incumbent is the odds-on favorite in the tight race to become France's next leader. Ladbrokes has Le Pen's chances of winning the presidency at 7-1. to one. Well, Macron has odds of 1-12, and 12, according to Odds Checker. That's a website that aggregates betting data from dozens of bookmakers. Bet365 and Betfair have also given Macron better odds of victory over Le Pen, both pricing his chances at 1-14. and 14. 77 WABC time check, 515. Well, you can bet that Justin Ellick has sports yes Tuesday morning yes that's a uh, one in one bet there deb uh, about a hundred percent chance of me having sports i am justin ellick here with your early news sports update let's start with a quick update on your 2022 nba playoffs the six uh, sixers get past uh, the toronto raptors 112 to 97 to take a commanding two nothing series lead the mavericks knock things up with the jazz at one game apiece with their 110 to 104 win and the warriors get behind their star step and curry to go up on the nuggets two games to none by a score of 126 to 106 some more games some more game twos excuse me to look forward to tonight with the hawks at heat set for 7 30 p.m eastern the timberwolves at grizzlies an hour later at 8 30 and the pelicans at the suns rounding out the evening at 10 p.m eastern time on the ice The Devils get a rare win in Vegas, facing off with the Golden Knights, crash the net, and good things happen. Nathan Bastian proved that to be true early on in the first frame. Get behind New Jersey here a few times in this first. Out high, a drive from a cloud, rebound, score! Nathan Bastian, his first goal in 13, gives New Jersey the lead. That call courtesy of AT&T Sportsnet. Bastion would add an assist to boot, and the Devils hold on to beat the Knights by a score of 3-2. to two. They'll get a breather here until Thursday night when they welcome the Buffalo Sabres into Newark. Looking ahead to tonight, the Islanders welcome the Eastern Conference top dog Florida Panthers at 7.30 p.m., and the Rangers are set for a showdown at the Garden with the Winnipeg Jets just a bit earlier at 7. If you looked outside once in the past 12 hours, you'd probably be able to guess that the Mets were postponed last night. They'll get their fix, though, later on this afternoon when they kick off their series with the Giants in Queens. That'll be Tyler McGill going up against Alex Cobb at 3.10 p.m. Eastern time. The Yanks will follow that act with their series opener in Detroit against the Tigers. That first pitch is set for 6.40. With Garrett Colto in the rubber for the pinstripes and left-hander Tyler Alexander getting the ball for Detroit. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Showers should taper by early afternoon. Partly sunny, so he should dry out this afternoon. The high 56. Windy day with gusts to 24 miles per hour, though. Mostly cloudy overnight, the low 40. Then it clears again. Sunny tomorrow, the high 56. Right now we have 46 degrees rain showers in Manhattan. Frank Morano standing by with your business report. 
Thank you, Deb. Good morning. I am Frank Morano with your business report. The opening bell rings this morning after a roller coaster session on Wall Street ended in a lower finish. Investors are assessing a busy week of earnings. Netflix earnings are expected late today, with some analysts saying growth could be the slowest. The company has seen in a decade. Tesla earnings are due tomorrow. At yesterday's closing bell, the Dow Jones fell 93 points. The S&P 500 lost less than a point, And the Nasdaq fell 18 points. Industry experts say gas prices are projected to surge once again, with the national average potentially reaching 4.20 a gallon over the past week. Gasoline futures rose 30 cents, which is just bad news for the consumer, according to Lippo Oil Associates. According to AAA estimates, the national average price for a gallon of regular gasoline is four dollars and eight cents. According to court documents, three companies affiliated with the far-right broadcaster and conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, among them the media outlet InfoWars, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection on Sunday in the U.S. Bankruptcy Court for the Southern District of Texas. InfoWars is facing multiple defamation suits from families of victims of the 2012 Sandy Hook shooting, which Jones had claimed was a hoax. Two other companies connected to Jones, iWealth and Prison Planet TV, also filed for bankruptcy protection on Sunday. A 39-year-old New Jersey man has filed a lawsuit against the proprietors of a Dunkin' Donuts in Totowa, New Jersey. NJ.com reporting he allegedly sustained severe injuries after the hot coffee he purchased from the restaurant on August 25, 2021, spilled in his lap. According to the April 4th filing in Superior Court of Passaic County, Evan Arlington suffered second and third degree burns that rendered him permanently injured and unable to work. I'm Frank Morano with your business report on 77 WABC. Thanks, Frank. Looking at futures, everything's in the red this morning. The Dow down 13 points at 34,300. The S&P 500 down six points. The Nasdaq down 41 and a half gold. Down five dollars ten cents at one thousand nine hundred eighty-one dollars thirty cents. Crude oil down a dollar sixty-three at one hundred six dollars fifty-eight cents. It's the WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your seventy-seven WABC Early News, and in our second half of the seventy-seven WABC Early News, we have a chat with a former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. So stay tuned for that. We talked about a lot of topics. New York City Mayor Eric Adams out of quarantine as yesterday. He said Monday feels excellent as he returned to City Hall. He even joked around with former Mayor Michael Bloomberg holding a picture of the two shaking hands. This is a COVID-friendly handshake. That's the most ridiculous thing I've seen. Adams was in quarantine at Gracie Mansion all last week after testing positive for covid Adams evaded a question about whether or not he would release his tax returns. Of course, yesterday, the deadline. It's believed Adams contracted COVID-19 at a super spreader event down in Washington, D.C. The gridiron dinner, over 70 people there, contracted COVID after attending that event. Meanwhile, New York City's health commissioner is warning that COVID-19 risks level will likely rise from low to medium in the next few days. COVID infections have risen to 4.5%. In the past 45 days in the financial district and Lincoln Square, infection rates are now topping 15 percent. Dr. Ashwin Vassan, the city's health commissioner, is recommending New Yorkers once again wear masks indoors. Here he is on New York One. When you go inside to an indoor place, especially when you don't know the vaccination status of people around you, wear a mask. 
Wear a mask in all indoor settings. Here's Dr. John Torres and NBC talking about a COVID-19 endemic. By all indications, by midsummer, maybe late summer, it could be over here. And so you might hear that the pandemic in the U.S. is under control and we're more into the endemic stage. But that doesn't mean it's under control around the world. So there might be measures if you go travel that you don't have to take here necessarily. Might require vaccinations that aren't necessarily required here. So just pay attention is the main thing you can do for the next few months. The warnings come as two Omicron subvariants of the highly transmissible BA2 strain are fueling significant community spread in parts of New York State, according to state health officials. Another story about Mayor Adams of erecting cannabis greenhouses on top of New York City's public housing buildings has run into a significant obstacle. It remains illegal at the federal level. At an April 9th panel discussion up in Albany, of course, the state legislature, Adams said his team was exploring whether the city could allow cannabis cultivation on the rooftops of New York City Housing Authority facilities. U.S. House of Representatives narrowly passed a bill on April 1st that would decriminalize marijuana on the federal level and remove it from the list of controlled substances. The bill's fate in the U.S. Senate, though, remains unclear. New York is the 15th state to legalize recreational cannabis in the U.S. In the Empire State, recreational marijuana sales could balloon to $7 billion once the market is fully established. A lawyer for former New York Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin called the corruption case against his client flimsy and very unusual on Monday. Benjamin has hired attorney Barry Burke, who represented former New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio in a federal probe of his fundraising practices. Here's U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, Damian Williams, talking about the indictment against Benjamin. Taxpayer money for campaign contributions. Quid pro quo. This for that. That's bribery, plain and simple. The 45-year-old Benjamin pleaded not guilty last week to steering $50,000 in state funds to a nonprofit, Friends of Public School Harlem. That in exchange for fraudulent contributions to his unsuccessful bid for New York City Comptroller. He was released after posting $250,000 bail last Tuesday and announced his resignation from office shortly thereafter. The Queen's mother, whose body was found in a duffel bag in Forest Park, not far from her Kew Gardens home, was stabbed more than 60 times. The medical examiner has ruled it a homicide. Police say a male suspect was seen on surveillance dragging the body of 51-year-old Orsalia Gal from the front of her home. Her husband and one of her two sons were away visiting colleges, and police say she had told her other son at home that she was going out but reportedly arrived back home with a man. Here's neighbor Theodora Graffis talking to ABC. I never expected anything like that to happen. She was a lovely lady, always very attentive to her family, her kids. Just an amazing person, and she's going to be missed from all of us that knew her. She was really just wonderful. Blood matching the woman was found in her home at 72-24 Juno Street. Now, according to police sources, it's believed The woman had gone out for the night while her husband was out of town visiting colleges with the couple's older son, met someone who then killed her in her basement and dragged the body in the bag to the location where it was dumped. Police say there were no signs of forced entry. A rapper whose social media accounts are filled with venomous anti-police rants is running to become a Democratic Party district leader in Brooklyn. The rapper is Noah Weston. He's running on the For the People slate. 
He has called officers effing pigs, plague rats who do more harm than good. Here's Weston explaining why he is running. Here he is on Twitter. Now, from the indifference and broken promises of Joe Biden to the callousness and cruelty of Mayor Eric Adams, the Democratic Party has failed us and we deserve better. But for it to be a party worthy of our support and our trust, it needs to be transformed from the ground up. So that's what I'm running to do. Wesson is running alongside congressional candidate Brittany Ramos de Barros and Assemblyman Mathide Frontis in the Southern District of Brooklyn. That's a little sound of Little Richard there and a music industry legend responsible for discovering him and others has passed. Art Rupee, founder of Specialty Records, died Friday in California at the age of 104. He created the label back in 1946, bringing rhythm and blues into the mainstream. He's also credited with discovering singers like Little Richard and Lloyd Price, his death announced by his daughter. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.